Who inspires you in life and why? Probably my dad. Taking the encyclopedia. He was like an encyclopedia. Yeah. And the good thing that I did, I said, I want to play that. Did you ever get nervous playing? Oh, yeah. I was nervous, but I kept my music with joy. Like walking, the more I walk, the better I get. I did all the things I wanted. All you need, you show up, living. pay attention, You're participate. La 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 life. La 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 life. Namaste. Welcome to your favorite life. I'm Jeffosaurus Rex, and my goal is to bring you conversations of growth, adventure, and creativity. Hopefully, we can shine some light on your path to your favorite life. Today's guest for the inaugural episode, I had the luxury of interviewing my father someone I look up to, someone who's encouraged me, whether it was at the ice rink playing hockey or learning the guitar. Lee has played in several rock bands, toured around Ontario, and writing and performing songs on his electric guitar. You can find one of his original songs on YouTube entitled Pilot by Lee Aldridge with a cool Canadian music video. In 2019, we almost lost Lee. A sudden brain bleed sent him into a coma and a year in the hospital. Many doctors said he would never walk again, never be able to eat and require a breathing trach and feeding tube for the rest of his life. However, Lee being no stranger to devotion and persistence, managed to battle his way back and now uses a walker can eat whatever he pleases, no longer requires a trach or feeding tube, and is enjoying life. It was an honor to speak to a real life superhero, and I highly recommend it if you can interview someone like your parent or a grandparent, it's like passing the torch. I hope you enjoy this conversation. It was an honor to be in this moment. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the Your Favorite Life inaugural podcast with the one and only Lee Aldridge, who, who's, uh, let's give him a round of applause for being here today. And on a very special day as you make another revolution around the sun, how, uh, how many years around the sun have you, you been? Oh, 68, I think. 68. I almost didn't make it to 60. You almost didn't make it? Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, 65. Because I was in a coma for a week. Yeah, wow. Why don't you describe, I know it's hard for you to remember a lot of that, but why don't you try and describe that in a couple minutes, what that's all been like. 
I don't remember too much in the hospital, but I didn't like it. I really brought to be there for a couple of days. And those couple of days turned into 365 days. Yeah, it turned into a long time. Yeah. And, you know, it's... To be honest, yeah, we all didn't know if you were going to get out of the hospital. So the fact that you're here today is and taken in this moment. I think this is something uh, I would encourage everyone to do who's connected with their parents is to sit down and learn about them, get the details down, interview them when you have the chance and, uh, you know, take a moment. And that's what I wanted to do for your birthday today. Thank you. You know, and... Uh, so congrats for getting out of the hospital congrats for getting out of the wheelchair i would like to help give and my wife too they helped me tremendously yeah well you would have done i always said you would have done the same thing for us right yeah perfect you would have been there at that hospital playing guitar for us every day, you know. Come on, Sue. Kiss me, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, where do we go from here? Where do we, what do we want to talk about? You said, oh, just, um, are you comfortable? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And is it not, it's not too bright, right? You mm -hmm. kind of look like you're squinting. I'm getting light kind of bright. You want me to turn them off? No, you have to have them on. <laughs> yeah, Dad is definitely a a good audio and and visual effects man. Yeah, you've done a lot in your life, and so how did your wife and your son and your family help you tremendously? Can you elaborate on that? I think you may predict. I needed it every day. Yeah. I didn't think we really had to think too much about it, right? It was like, that's just what needed to be done. Good. I appreciate it. I look forward to it. Look forward to it, yeah. yeah. So, Let's just start with today. How are you feeling today? You're, uh, it's your birthday. And oh, I feel pretty good because I probably feel the best I've ever felt. I don't have to go to my anymore. Are good? Yeah. I'm happy to be home. I wish I could work a little better, but it's only a matter of time. Right, put that in emphasis. It's only a matter of time. Time yeah. will heal all wounds, right? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, there was a point where I was starting to, you know, I'm pretty optimistic. I've been called the most positive person a few times in my life and uh, I was definitely starting to have uh, I don't want to use the word doubts but more of like acceptance of where your progress can 
plateau and take you to. Yeah. However, you know, I'm amazed with you uh, going to physio and how well your physiotherapist works with you and how hard you work because, uh, yeah, I mean, look how far you come and been able to take steps on your own now. And my friend yesterday was actually studying tracheotomies and she, she was like, oh yeah, like my brother told me that your dad had a trach. And, you know, we forget these things, you know, it took you about nine months to get that thing out of your neck and you got a nice um, battle scar. And there were times, yeah, I thought, oh, wow, he's, you know, when is that thing going to come out, right? And, but it's out, you know, you didn't eat anything for two and a half years and now you're eating whatever you want and you're having, yeah. you're drinking, you know, beers and you're, you rebounded. You're like, okay. Not so bad. I get to eat whatever I want. I don't have to worry about my weight. Yeah. Or going to work. So I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to kind of go with the flow. I noticed you're wearing a shirt that says Papa. And I wanted to ask you, what is it like to be a grandpa? And yeah, uh, I hope Joey is happy um, and nice having a grandchild, watching him grow. I hope to have more watching like. It's pretty good they go home at the end of the day and they, they work hard. I, I love my grandson. Ah, What a great answer. Yeah, they work you hard, right? Yeah. And they work you hard and they go home at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah it's good to have a motivation like that in your life whether it's a friend or a family member and someone who uh you know when i see my nephew sometimes i see myself and yeah. which is kind of neat because he's got kind of the same eyes as me and like you know we all used to be that size and our brains were a little bit different then so our memories are a bit different like do you ever look at your kids and see yourself? Like that happens with me all the time with uh, my sisters, and I'll. I think so. Uh, or my dad. Or your dad? Yeah. Like you'll look at me and you'll see your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give an example? Or like when you look at one of your daughters too. Um. Uh, boy. Doing pictures and they want to reach a goal. Um, not so much the way to look, but the way to think. And 
what they want to accomplish in life. Yeah, your dad was very ambitious. Yeah, he and was. you and you were very ambitious. Like do you know where maybe that came from from your dad? Why he was so ambitious? Or you I think you call him like a hustler, right? Yeah. But get from his father, I don't know for sure. But coming to Kendi from England is a big step. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, you kind of like do that for yourself. When you make such a grand move, like yeah. jumping across continents and starting from scratch, Yeah, that you have to, it becomes like in your nature to be a hustler because you have to survive and, yeah. you know, I regrow everything. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. I think for me, like... with ambition is when like my friend Ben passed away yeah at such a young age that was like a pivotal life moment mm -hmm. for a lot of us and like a wake-up call and I I think that's one of the reasons why I try and you know take in as much and give as much as I can while my time is here because, you know, don't know what happens after that time, but try and really like soak in the moments with people. And a friend of mine wrote on his questionnaire, like I asked him, you know, what is he proud of? And he said, being, or what is he good at? He said, being a good listener and being present with people. I thought that was such a nice answer, being present with people. And because it's very easy when you're working every day, you got kids and life feels like it's speeding up. And sometimes you got to go sit outside and just take in the, the sounds and, you know, you can do that in life and slow down life a little bit. And, but there's so much to learn in life that it, it, it excites me. Like when you learn one instrument, you want to check out the violin and then the drums and, you know, compare them and like, you know, like a kid, like experiment you know, and play in life, you know, there's a lot out there. And I think that's what motivates me is it's exciting to, to be able to have that luxury of learning. Those words will go well together. Luxury of learning. Like learn something like a language, learn English, learn another language, a third language, Will come really quickly. That's good too. Like the more proficient you become at a few different things, like the the easier learning becomes, yeah, right? And sure. and the less strained you feel to learn new things. Yeah. Yeah. Like you learn how to play guitar, either keyboards, learn trumpet. Harmonica drums, they all come easier. Yeah. Was there ever a language, another language you wanted to learn? Yeah. I wanted to learn Spanish. Yeah. Cerveza, por favor. Yeah. Senor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Spanish. I was looking at 
my couch surfing profile yesterday and I, me and Lisa were planning on going to Japan a long time ago. And I was looking at some of the Japanese names of these people who live there. And it's kind of neat when you figure out what kind of words you like the sound of in life and like Japanese language and Portuguese are kind of similar. Yeah. And like, you got names like Mira Oshi and like, uh, Mika Riki and like yeah. these like kind of fun sounding names that aren't just like, I find like Jeff is kind of plain. Yeah. It's like, and Lee, nothing against their names because Jeff has cool nicknames like Jefferoni, Jeffosaurus, Jefferson, you know, there's a lot of cool nicknames. Thanks mom for giving me that cool name. Um, but yeah, it's kind of neat when you can find these other languages. It, it helps you not be so biased, I guess, or like it opens up your world when you can, you know, it's hard, right? You grow up learning one language and, you know, there, how many languages and sounds there are on the planet. You know, if you can learn a few other languages, it really like, I think you appreciate your language more. Yeah. What do you think? I took my we get you to it's good uh, if you get, if you go somewhere and you live it it's a lot easier because using using the language every day like walking the more I work, the better I get. Yeah, good comparison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question. Let's switch gears. Here's a question. Let's hear the uh, the guitar story. So I know music is a huge player in your life and has been instrumental in your life. So where, uh, where and when and how did that come into your life? Uh, was that my girlfriend, my wife, too, and I walked in the stairs in the basement and saw an acoustic guitar there, and I said, I want to play that. I didn't know how, but that's how I started. And me and the neighbor, when they took message, I was 14 years old. Let me be 11. I think I was 11, sorry. And whose guitar was that? My neighbor, Dave Dilker. It was your, oh, neighbor's guitar. Yeah. So you walked downstairs, you saw this guitar, and you were like, I want to play that? Yeah. So you'd, like, listened to music up to that point, and you knew oh, yeah. obviously knew what a guitar was. Yeah. Uh, and, but something in you said, like, I, 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 you gravitated towards that instrument. and So I realized that I knew and played guitar. After Sue, I knew Sue first, your brother. knew her before I played guitar. And if you can remember, what were some of the first things that you loved about playing guitar? Like, how did it make you feel? 
I learned how to read music. I made playing guitar. It was something different. All my friends were playing hockey and I played baseball. So enigmat we never heard of hockey. Then I had cricket there, and I played baseball. So my friends were playing hockey. I would play guitar. Right. And like, did you ever? <laughs> you, you can have a sip, and then I'll ask you. Did you ever like play have to play songs for your parents? No really, but they played them in school. First year I played how to rising sand. Got my children got to play. Yeah. Mr. Week. Grade five. And did you ever get nervous playing? Like when you're playing on stage? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you describe that? Like, so nervous that you like walked down the steps and didn't want to go down the water slide? Nervous? Or, uh. <laughs> I was nervous, but I kept, I knew that was going. So I kept playing. And eventually it stopped being nervous. But at the beginning, I might have been a little bit nervous. But my shoes tight, goes away. Yeah, what a great answer. Thank you. You knew it would go away. Yeah. Yeah, once you start... You know, it's there, but it's going to ease, either go away or it's going to become a little bit more. Yeah. You're going to, you know, fit into it. It's kind of like buying a, you know, new pair of skates yeah. for the first time. I'm sure you can relate. I remember that. Like, as a kid, every time we bought new equipment, uh, I hated it. And, like, yeah. you know, you had to break in the skates. It, would, it doesn't matter what it was. And... uh you know, elbow, stupid things like elbow pads. And like, because they were new, I didn't like it. It was uncomfortable. But, you know, once you wore it a few games and then you stopped thinking about it and you just played. Yeah. You know, just like playing the guitar on stage. And yeah, cool. But I still get nervous when I first play. But... I know after first house in despair. What'd you say? After a few times it nervousness what despair. Yeah. You know what? Like when I did Mo Mondays, the hardest part of running the live part of the show was starting the show. Yeah. And I 
I, it was just, you know, when you walk on stage and I would like introduce myself and get everybody fired up, you know, it wasn't hard to do that. And it was hard for me to judge how everybody was feeling. It probably was just in my own energy and head. But I realized like I needed to warm up before I walked up there. So I would like go to the bathroom sometimes and do some jumping jacks, you know, or I would, you know, whatever I needed to do just to like get the blood flowing. And then that way, when I stepped on the stage, like, you know, I was already warm because after I'd gone up there a few times, you know, I'd go up there cold at the beginning when I hadn't learned this. And then a few times, a few speakers would go up and then, you know, 15 minutes in the show. Now I'm fine. You know, I played a few songs, right? I've gone into the groove, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, having a musical family and four out of the five of us play guitar, yeah. and then you've got this character, Sue, your wife, who, although she doesn't play an instrument, she was a driving force in knowing anytime you had a show, she would be there doing what? Cue uh, me on. What else? A singing and it can hear at the beginning and the end of the song. Yeah, and dancing, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so those are important people to have when yeah. you're a rock star, right? For sure. All right, I got a question for you. How did traveling become a part of your life? Well, we were busting jobs that we didn't like. So I suggested that two should go and work at the travel business because we like to travel. Went to Bahamas and Barbados and Marianne. So she did. She got a job in travel. And we traveled a lot. Did you travel with your parents at all when you were younger? I went to England with my parents. Like a lot or? A lot. Just once. So you yeah. came over from England yeah. when you were about eight? Six. Six. And yeah. then you went back with your parents? Good eight. And you probably really like England, right? Yeah. I like it. I always feel like I'm at home. Cool. Yeah, I think your mom would say that too. Yeah. And what do you, what do you like most about England and what do you miss from it? The green, everything is green. Everything is green. You sure you're not thinking about uh, Ireland? Or? No, England. <laughs> what do you mean everything's green? The grass, the trees. I'm oh. Everything's green, all right. Maybe not but, in London, right? No, but. it rains a lot there. Yeah. That's why... Everything is green. Oh. But I like Canada too. 
Yeah. Owen wants me where? You think you'll go back to England? At some point? No. No, you think you've gone there enough? Well, I might go very fancy. That's what I meant, yeah. I don't want to go to live there. No. You know what? When I went to England at 25, I traveled around Europe, and it was right at the end of my trip. I think there was only two or three countries I visited or cities that I visited in Europe that were a bit overwhelming. Yeah. The first one was Barcelona, and it's one of the most touristy cities in all of Europe. I didn't know that until I got there and quickly realized how busy it was. Spain, right? In Spain, yeah, yeah. Barcelona, Spain. And then the, the other one is in Italy and maybe Athens and Greece. Yeah. Um, but I think the other one is London. Yeah. And I remember, like, I showed up. I'm holding my guitar and my big backpack, and I'm trying to walk on the sidewalks in London. It's like being in New York. And, like, I kind of had to, like, walk off the sidewalk because, like, I was bumping into everybody. And I met up with this girl, and we got on a bus, and we were headed somewhere, and I could barely hear what she was saying because, like, the bus was bumpy. It was, like, really loud outside the bus. And you could just feel, like, this movement, like, this energy. It's busy. Like, there's, you know, what is it, like, 10 million people? In- there's a lot of people out there. Yeah, there's lots happening. Yeah. It's a force. Yeah. And so, yeah, it wasn't my ideal place. I'm glad I was able to visit. I mean, I just prefer, like, more nature and quieter. And- yeah. So, don't want to go to London for that. No. All right. What, what else we want to talk about? Like London. <laughs> Who inspires you in life, and why? Probably my dad. Inspire me, cause. In a lot, he knew about everything, but he's like an encyclopedia. He was like an encyclopedia. Yeah. Wow, great, great explanation. I was just going to say it was like he was like three granddads in one. Right? Or five or ten, you know? Yeah, whatever. He was like an encyclopedia. Yeah. You know, there's a guy, he wrote a book that he tried to follow the uh, Christianity for an entire year and like live as biblically as possible. Yeah. And he also did a book where he did something with the encyclopedia. I think he read the encyclopedia, the whole encyclopedia, and he did something with it. But um, yeah, I'll. We'll figure that out after, but that's interesting. Yeah, he was like an encyclopedia. Yeah. yeah. I, I would like to have to him a rope book. I could write rope books, right? 
in Toy Story. It could do that to even good literature. I miss my dad. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, something I really like that he did was when, when that green journal of his yeah. kind of popped out and he had organized it into his favorite quotes from life and from books that he had read. And, yeah. you know, he has the whole book written out where, like, these are his favorite love quotes. These are his favorite quotes about the world. And Where is that book? Oh, it's buried in a treasure chest <laughs> with a lock combo. Yeah. Yeah. What is? I know yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's it's in my bedroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can. Uh, we should do that one night and yeah, take a a gander through it. It's um, it's a way to keep living, right? Yeah. Your dad's still around, and you can connect with him in that way. And just like when you have you know released music videos, and you know we can listen to those songs, and you've kind of left a nice mark for the your family and the world, and. I wanted to do it. I done it now, so I'm happy oh, to sing a play. It's good. Yeah, I got a question for you regarding playing music. At what, like, at what point, if you remember specifically, or just generally? when you would be on stage, maybe like when you were in your twenties or even like later when you're playing at weddings later on in life, like did you ever, were you ever on stage and you were like, you know, when your whole band is got together and you just crush a night and you got Sue out there screaming and dancing and you're just on stage, just, just rocking it. And you're like, you know, when everything aligns, right? And yeah, there's probably like little little tiny errors among the night, but you go with the flow. But my question is like, how did that feel where you're, where you're like, nice, I found the groove, I worked hard for this? I think when the people were playing for start singing along with you, they're pretty happy. You know, you're doing something right. Right, when they start singing along with you. That's like when I can get people out of their chairs and dancing at the beginning of the Mo Monday shows. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah, I always love that looking at the photos and videos after the show where things I didn't always notice when you're a part of the show. Yeah. And you'd see people, their smiles, reactions, and they'd be dancing, and you're like, oh, cool, like... I'm so grateful I was able to have a part in that. And yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, you inspire me too. Like, any time I think of, like, we'll be driving, and you're like, oh, yeah, I had a show at that tiny restaurant there way back when. And, you know, you you played at so many places, and you were able to, like, have a cohesive unit with your bandmates um, for long enough. And... You know, you never got kicked out of the band, or did you? Oh, I did. Yeah. Because I wanted to play in the band, but I just wanted to have a good hit. 
great us kind of turned upon having a girlfriend young, but I didn't care, so I had to make a decision. Go spend time with my girlfriend or practice. And sometimes my guitar would win out. Sometimes my girlfriend would win out. Right on. You're, you're referring to your wife, right? Yeah. 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 Why was it frowned upon? Like the band frowned upon it or? Uh, I, I, I take the two girlfriends when I lifting mud. Say that again, sorry. I had sixty two girlfriends when I left England. Sixty two. Yeah. Wow. W weren't you only six years old? Yeah. Yeah. So I like girls. Yeah. What do you like about females? That maybe you have weren't able to find in your male friends. They listen to me. Uh, I like the fact that it didn't. I know I felt like a good talk to them more so than a good day guys. I didn't play a lot of sports, but I liked the girls because my brother wanted a girl. What did you say? My mother wanted a girl. So did my brother. Wanted a girl? Yeah. Like a daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So they got me. My dad was there a lot when I was young. That's uh, why I said he was a hunter. He would do different jobs. It's okay. I understand. I was working my smell or taxi or school bus or chocolate factory. Wow. Or veterinarian. Yeah, he did a lot. It's okay. He was smart. He taught me how to have a good life. Got me in car. Got me own house. I did okay. Yeah, I think you did a lot better than okay. Yeah. I played guitar when I knew he was gonna pass away. I started recording him. Yeah. But only audio.
I wish I could have done video too. Yeah, we should get Nan over here and do a whole thing with her too, eh? Yeah, we could. That's a good inter interviewee. Yeah. You think? Yes. Yeah, you're you're kind of like a giant heavy rock that like you can just, you know, you're so grounded where like, you know, a car could fly by and you just be like, you know, it doesn't phase you, right? Yeah. And that's a good quality to have to be a good listener. And yeah, I think like I always admired, you know, you talk about how your dad was like an encyclopedia and obviously like you're like an encyclopedia too. And Lisa's like an encyclopedia. Like I called her, you know, vocab or the answer. She always had the answers. And yeah, like whenever the lawnmower would break or, you know, you're always able to fix things. And I think as we like go throughout our life, if you really pay attention when you get into sticky situations or humps and hills and Himalaya moments, they're like good wake-up calls to encourage you to dig deeper into that situation. So, you know, like, you know, something's wrong with your car. I remember you would always say, like, when you would take your car to the mechanic, like, if you can, get out of the car and, like, watch and listen to what he's saying and doing. Yeah. And, you know, and don't just, like, pull up and, you know, go on your phone or just listen to the music or whatever. Like I learned it from Robert and Cuba. Yeah. Because... They got just so much to don't rely on anyone. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, I, I remember that in Iceland, too. Like, you know, they would fix their cars. Like, they, it, everything. Like, and I, I imagine that's what you're talking about, too, with, in Cuba. Like, being self-sufficient. Yeah. And good. <laughs> You don't have to be self-sufficient because they don't have the money to have someone else to the work. Yeah, what was that like having a Cuban live in your house for a while who was like also a wicked guitar wizard? He's pretty good at the guitar, right? He's good at the computer, too. He's good at the computer? Yeah. What does that mean? He had his own laptop, but I didn't know. Or his voice. But he knew more than I thought. He was good at, like, recording on his laptop? Yeah. Is that what you meant by, like, he was good at the computer? No. He, like... In the operating system. Oh, okay. And knew how to navigate around. It's very knowledgeable. Yeah, and he's probably like your dad too, like like learning a lot of different things. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, was that cool, like having a Cuban guy put, come on stage and play in your band like were the rest of the band members cool with it and like 
Was he able to learn the songs pretty easily? And... I didn't, I didn't really learn it, but he knew what it was like to play in different keys. As far as the guys in the band, they were okay with it. Yeah, like so, what he'd be on stage and he would just kind of know when to play. Like he would fill in the gaps and yeah, yeah. It was good like that, but towards the end, I put him in so much he didn't know how to play slowly. Sometimes can't play slowly. <laughs> it wasn't. He didn't know how to play slowly and kind of played too much. And the guys in the band kind of resented him. Uh-huh. But Toki understood. Yeah. yeah. Actually, when I was in Iceland, we got the opportunity to play against the women's national hockey team. Yeah. And that was really fun. It was like competitive and just, it was an honor to play in a match like that. And then after the game, they did a game where they invited a lot of people on the ice who had never been on the ice before, never been in skates before, you know, and they had all these skates set out for anyone who wanted to come try hockey. And there was, you know, normally you have 10 people on the ice at one time. There was probably like 30 people on the ice um, with one puck. And exactly what you're saying, it was, it was difficult to slow down to like, you would get the puck and the game was like in slow motion because there were so many people on the ice who could barely skate. And so it was really, it was nice though. It was nice. It was a nice change for the brain. Like, cause you're so used to like playing quickly. And I imagine that's what Robert was probably facing when he was in the band and used to playing so fast. And yeah. Yeah. I can write. Is it Robert? It got to be different from us. Yeah. Do you have any questions for your honey, Sue? Is there anything you figured you couldn't accomplish or haven't accomplished in your life? Okay, so the the question is, what was something that you never thought you could accomplish in your life? And in reflection, having accomplished it, how did you feel? Going to another planet? <laughs> <laughs> remember what you said to me? Good joke. Dad just slips the jokes out every, you know. Yeah, every third every, every third day he'll slip a joke out. <laughs> I wonder what could get. Is my brain objective right now? So, 
is that in relation to that question? Like, at a point, did you think you would never be able to walk again? Oh, yeah. I'll be, you know what, kid? I didn't like it. So, I can walk. I can try traveling. Yeah. I think that what Dad said, which I thought was really, really interesting, and it was very true, is that you said there's never there's never been anything you couldn't accomplish. If we look at before his stroke, whatever he wanted to do, he accomplished it. Yeah. And that's what's so amazing about you. You had to take courses, you had to do this, you had to do that. You've accomplished a lot of things in your life. So Sue just said that You've accomplished a lot of things in your life and there was never anything that you weren't able to accomplish when you were faced with a certain task and challenge. Well, I would like to have my own business, but I kind of did because I was working at home and... If they wanted to get a hold of me, they had to phone me, or they could talk to me on the computer. I wanted to learn how to use the computer, and I wanted to play guitar, and I wanted to own my own house. I wanted to drive. I did all the things I wanted. I said, go to another planet. (laughs) (laughs) But I still might. You still might. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what happens when you die and you get to go to the next planet. Maybe. Yeah. I'm your Venus, I'm your fire, your desire. Don't you do that song? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was playing guitar the other day, and as I'm getting better at the guitar, I'm really excited for the moments where, like, you can play and get into that flow where you're not thinking so much or at all, and, like, when it happens in hockey. And so I was playing guitar the other day, and something that I'd practiced for a long time. And I started feeling like this joy come over my whole body. It was such a soothing feeling like, you know, like a glimpse of eternity, whatever you want to call it. But it was like, you know, this this great happiness that this energy that f- filled my body and kind of being at one with the music, I guess you would say. As they say, like once the dancer, you know, loses themselves and becomes the dance there is no dancer on stage stage it's just the dance yeah you ever heard anything like that so i imagine like you know i would see you on stage playing some stuff and you know how you're you're so focused on what you're playing and there's you know the drums going the singer the bass the keyboards like what was that like i don't know get Gary's 
Cuban put it on which one to have the paperwork quite not in front of him. I have it all up here, <laughs> but he don't practice. I do. I have to, because when I see someone taking along, I know I did a good job. Yeah, it was important for you to, you know, you were in a position of being looked up to, and they the the crowd um they were what am i trying to say uh idolized and they depended on you right yeah. and uh yeah everyone's got to play their part perfectly everybody's got to play their part Perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm inspired when I uh think back to all those great moments on stage that you were able to like, yep, that's my dad that's my dad up there playing lead guitar and there's my mom, the loudest one. Yeah. In the in the crowd and Yeah. You guys are fun. You and uh you and Mom are a lot of fun and I think like those are the people I like to surround myself with in my life. Uh, people who want to laugh and bring joy to others and, you know, go on adventures. That was something the other day that you, you and mom said that you two were always the ones who, who were making the plans and organizing the adventures and doing new things and calling up your friends and, you know, living life, going out. And I that was a good mirror reflection in my life because I see myself doing that, bringing people together. And it's inspiring when I hear those stories from you two that you two like to have fun and, you know. We did, did we, when I did a lot. Hey. Yeah, like going to Manitoulin for 40 years. Yeah. You've probably been to that island, you know, uh, about at least 40 times. More. Yeah. Pretty more. Yeah, I've been going there since 18. Yeah, can you describe possibly like the evolution of you going from 18 and then going last summer at 67 and like, you know, with the same people who are drinking the same beers, <laughs> making the same jokes on the same beach, yet they uh, look a little bit more gray, but I don't think it slowed them down much. You still got some of your friends passing out on the beach and yeah. and uh, going for moonwalks. Can I you describe that? I think getting our friends to go there, I think what we've been experiencing it's been very good. I pretend I went up there. I liked it and I kept. And then I went to Mendonwaya for a few years. And then I went back to Providence Bay because 
probably play with some white spider. And I pretty well say the private space in the cottage, so I was kidding that they were taking trailers that were in the cottages, and that's where we are now. Yeah, like... What kept bringing you back to Manitoulin Island? What were some of your favorite things about those experiences of taking, you know, a week off work probably and going to a natural island on a great lake? Uh, probably the hiking, the driving, by the Vale Falls. Um... I seen the gods in the forest and having the beach to ourselves. It's important playing baseball we used to do. Um, the weather is usually good. I like driving out there. It's funny, you read my mind a few times during this podcast because that stood out for me when you just mentioned driving. I remember when I was learning to drive and you said to me like, you know, don't you like driving? Like just driving? And I was kind of like, not really. Like, you know, it gets me from point A to point B. And I always, and I, I see it differently now. I enjoy driving, like the action of driving, and I think that's what you were referring to. Yeah. So, like, yeah, when you say, you mentioned driving twice there, driving to the island plus probably driving on the island. Can yeah. you explain what, you know, why driving is important and well, to you? Because it kind of flat and corners are turned up. So... When we younger, there was only one OPP on the whole island. I don't know how many there is now, but you could go slow or fast as one is before even now. Driving from into my father's face is pretty good. Yeah, it's more, you know what? I wonder if it's like, although driving, I guess, isn't the most natural thing. Um, but I read in this book once by Eckhart Tolle, and he said how nature is this disorganized perfection basically like when you're driving out in the subdivisions and driving out on the roads it's all man-made right yeah and it's all human construct so it's all like there's corners there's lights it's all like right angles you know you you feel human everywhere Whereas like maybe when you're driving on those roads and there's a lot more natural surroundings, like basically versus here, there's a lot of 
you know, square buildings and stuff, yeah. and you're driving up there, it's this, that's what he says in the book, is this natural disorder. So yeah. it's like this perfect disorder where you're driving through these mountains and rock formations that have been blown apart, and they're all jagged, and yet, you know, there's something that feels good about that about driving on this kind of round road, this winding road the whole time. And I told you that those mountains, the Lacloche yeah. mountains are called yeah. the Bell Mountains yeah. because they used to throw rock at those rock formations and it would set, make a signal, a, a sound to signal like if enemies were coming and things yeah. like that. So they're called the Bell Mountains. Yeah, it's interesting. I like driving up there too. It's, it's, uh, it's nice when yeah you can go on an adventure and it's not you know a tedious drive. It's good time to think. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. To driving around is very good. Yeah, I love Mantua, and I'm so glad that you two started bringing your kids up there because it's uh, definitely there. I mean, in some indigenous cultures, they call it the great spirit Island and they believe that all of creation started on Manitoulin Island. Yeah. And so when you're there, you know, having that thought and feeling that energy, it's quite deep and moving and I think it's too. Yeah, spiritual. Yeah, yeah. All right. Maybe I'll ask you one more question. And Lee's wife just commented that he is her idol, and there's no task that the man can't do. I'm pretty. Yes. That's a love. That's love right there. And as we get to the end of the inaugural Your Favorite Life podcast, it was an honor to have my papa on the show. And I'm glad I got to do this. And I can't wait to have, you know, my mama on the show too, who uh, recently became a baba. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to hold on to this little moment here before it escapes us as time is so fleeting and I'm staring at you as you're staring back at me, you know, you speak about your dad not being here anymore and I'm have the luxury and I'm so grateful that my dad is sitting in front of me. Me too. Yeah. Thanks. Because I, I do remember probably the scariest moment in my life was when I did see it in that coma for the first time. And it was very surreal and I didn't know, you just, you, it just looks like a movie, you, yeah. you know, you, I'm looking at you and you got this thing down your throat and these things attached to you and you just, you can't, your brain can't comprehend it and, yeah. and not, and not, and not knowing where it's going to go from there. But I remember when I first heard that you were in a coma and I was on the top of a mountain and honestly, like maybe it's just being Jeff and being solution oriented. I was just like, and being super optimism, uh, optimist because optimistic because that's something that's carried me in my life and I always was drawn to the quote I'd rather be 
an optimist and be wrong than a pessimist and be a fool or yeah. or what's the quote i'd rather be an optimist and be a fool than a pessimist and be right and because yeah when i found out that you were in a coma my thoughts were he's going to be fine you know i'm going to get down this mountain i'm going to go home we're going to do rehab he's going to be fine he's going to wake up because you know did I think you were going to wake up? Did I know if you were going to wake up? I didn't know. But why would I think about that? Why would I think he might not wake up? My dad's, you know, why would I think about that? I would much rather just put me in the mindset of he's going to wake up. It's going to be fine. It's going to be a journey. I got to get my butt off this mountain safely. So I need to be in a good state of mind. And I knew my dad would want me to enjoy this. I was like, that's... You know, I was going to fly home a few days early, but it didn't make sense because there was nothing no one really could do while you were in the coma. And I knew my dad would want me to enjoy this time in another country on a mountain. Yeah. And I enjoyed my hike down. We went in, you know, a, a thermal pools in the middle of the mountains. Do you talk to the sky? Do I still talk to them? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I'll probably have some of them on the podcast. And uh, my friend and I have written a few letters back and forth who started that whole trip and adventure. And, you know, that's, uh, I love the quote with there being 8 billion people in the world, sometimes it's difficult to find ways of being unique. And, that's something that I found a way to be unique is writing letters and then like having someone else like respond to those letters, you know, cost you like, you know, two to $5 to send a letter across the world <clears throat> instead of just sending an email. Right. But there's yeah. something different about a handwritten letter. And I'm grateful to have received letters over life and that led me to Nepal. And yeah, I, I'm grateful for the, connections I've made in life and I'm glad to have you on the podcast and learn a little bit more about you and sometimes you keep to yourself and you're quiet sometimes so it's nice to hear your stories and I'm just like I said grateful that <laughs> someone told me the other day they're not good with ending things they're a nostalgic person so it's like I always like to try and bring things full circle that's a good way to end things and it's an honor to have you here. I love you very much. And having what happened to you in the hospital for a whole year, I remember one of the therapists said, like, normally these things either push families apart or bring them together. And as hard as it was for everyone, it definitely brought us all closer together. As much as we get angry at each other and fight all the time it's Sometimes. we we've grown and i've never been so close to my dad so and my mom and my day life we had that way it's camera interest. Yeah. 
That's nice to hear. Just like me setting up all these systems and, you know, you might not be able to rock a solo on your guitar um, at this current moment like you used to, but, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, you got to make sure the microphone is in this position because when you speak and... I would have taken your advice, but I thought this might wreck the camera angle. But you said, you know, your voice rises and, you know, he's still got it, right? You know, man's been through a brain bleed, sat in a coma, been uh, shot with tons of CAT scans and hole in his throat, can't eat for two years. And he's just like, yeah, you know, he's back, baby. but he's back, baby. So, uh. Thanks so much uh, for having me. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a hug. And, uh, why don't you show everybody you can stand up and. Uh, All right, friends. Hopefully, you learned something new. For more information on living your favorite life, head over to yourfavoritelife.com for connecting or booking a coaching appointment. If you'd like to leave me a review, I'd love to consider your feedback. And if you resonate with this energy, follow and subscribe, tell a friend. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And have a good life. Be kind, be curious, and be creative. Catch you on the flip side.